0: What's good y'all welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm your host for today, Simon Villanos aka Coach V. And on this episode we have our week 6 recap. We're going to talk about the few games that happened this last week. Uh, It was a pretty relaxed week. There were only really four games that went down, two of them actually happened on March 24th, uh, the day right before this episode dropping. So we'll talk about those. Still have four games, and then, you know, we'll go into power rankings, playmaker of the week, give a quick end-of-the-year award update just on who's in the running and all that so far right now. And then we have two high school players at the end of this episode that I'm going to do a quick film breakdown on, kind of spotlight here. Uh, They have already committed to a college, so they will be playing women's uh, flag football, on the next level now the first game i want to talk about was kansas wesleyan versus st mary here uh they were playing the spires this was on march 18th on friday here this was going to be a big matchup regardless here st mary you know they're trying to bounce back and uh you know get back into the groove of things they've only really beat uh cotti one time here this season so they have one win on the season then kansas wesleyan they're coming off that Florida trip. It was a little tough. I mean, they didn't get beat too badly here by some of these teams. I mean, they lost to Warner 32-13, Thomas 26-6, um, Weber 26-7. And so they're looking for a little bit of a bounce back here after having a solid start uh, to the season going 2-1 uh, before that Florida trip here. And so here we go. Uh, they are over at St. Marion, so they are playing away here now. I'm just going to give it a up. Up. um look <clears throat> this stream was kind of It was a little glitchy, you know, and so I'm going to kind of just keep it pretty simple here. I mean, Kansas Wesleyan, they did win this game 34-12, to but going into the third quarter, it was basically a one-score game. I believe Kansas Wesleyan was leading by 8. It was 20-12 to here, and so um, it was a relatively close game, and you know, uh, USM, the Spires, they had some chances here to go ahead and go up by a little bit, but... I believe, you know, Kansas Wesleyan had a nice little push at the end there, including a really nice interception that they made. Um, I believe it was Angel Roman who dove for a tipped pass and absolutely intercepted it, and so that kind of helped swing uh, the, you know, swing the game a little bit early on here, and so Kansas Wesleyan was leading by a bit, but. What would happen is that they would kind of... Uh, well, they would basically pull away here in the third and fourth quarter. Uh, beginning with Bri Hernandez, Brianna Hernandez-Silva, uh, throwing a nice ball to a receiver. It was basically a seam route here. And so she goes at him, throws a seam route. Receiver makes a leaping catch for about a 20-yard touchdown. They would also get the conversion. And so that would put them up 27-12. to Kind of making this, you know, a... Uh, I mean, a two-score game here, Uh, and at this point, like, the weather was pretty bad, and so it was kind of tough moving the ball up and down, and so this was pretty definitive here when they did score. But regardless, USM did actually drive down the field. Uh, A Caroline Simpson uh, slant route here, slant reception here, I should say, it was about a 15-plus-yard play, would actually put them in the red zone. But somebody would uh, intercept the ball for Kansas Wesleyan here and end that drive. And honestly, that would basically be it. I mean, um, Kansas Wesleyan would score another touchdown here. I believe Silva would pitch it to a running back in the fourth quarter, and they would score a uh, 20-yard touchdown. A rushing touchdown, I believe, is what it will go down as. And so... There you go, Kansas Wesleyan does win this one uh, pretty easily, 34-12, to with a big second half here. Uh, St. Mary, I mean, they had their chances here, but unfortunately, they just came up just a little bit short here at the end of the day. For Kansas Wesleyan, some key contributors was Angel Roman. She had 60 receiving yards along with two interceptions and then three receiving touchdowns. Uh, Their quarterback uh, for Kansas Wesleyan, Brianna Hernandez-Silva, had about five total touchdowns, 110 passing yards, and 275 rushing yards. Kind of a lot there uh, doing their thing. As, you know, this Kansas Wesleyan team, I mean, a lot of those big plays came from Angel Roman. I believe she did get that um, interception where she had to die for it off of a tipped pass and then that end zone pick must have been her along with a touchdown at half. Or at the end, sorry, not at half, but in the fourth quarter. So there you go, Kansas Wesleyan gets back on track here, gets back to their winning ways. Uh, St. Mary, I mean, you know, there were definitely opportunities to get back into this one. I mean, they did get back into the red zone after that uh, Kansas Wesleyan touchdown. If they scored there, it would be a one-score game. And then basically, I mean, you need a touchdown to go ahead and tie it in the fourth quarter, but... Unfortunately, like I said, they just came up short. And so, there you go there. Now, St. Mary, they will play their next game here. Uh, they would have played their next game here on March 23rd on Wednesday against Ottawa, the defending national champs. So, they would actually be going there. And so, that is a big deal here. And so, let's go ahead and talk about that game here. Now, this a game against Ottawa. Ottawa, you know, they had a little bit of a Florida trip of their own, Beat a very good Warner team, but unfortunately came up short against a very, very tough Thomas team that is now number one in our rankings. And then after that, they lost a pretty big one to Weber, 31-0, to basically, 31-33-0. Um, pretty embarrassing, I mean, you know, they haven't lost like this ever, and so, like I said last week, you know, that was gonna be big. Right, uh, Ottawa wasn't just gonna fade away. If you thought that, then you're mistaken. That's just not who they are. That's not how they're coached. You know, if anything, that's gonna fuel them, and that might fuel them to an set to honestly a second national championship. Uh, you know, they did get those losses out of the way, and honestly, that's uh, what you'd rather have now than later. But going into this game, obviously, you're facing a St. Mary team that has a lot of potential here. You know, they've gotten into a couple close games. The first time they played them, uh, that game was. Relatively closer than uh, the score seemed and whatnot, at least you know, uh, by I guess Ottawa standards uh, at that point in the season. No team has really played them that close, so there you go. There, but right here we have Ottawa versus St. Mary. Uh, right off the bat, a couple of things to know St. Mary, uh, definitely a little bit shorthanded I only counted eight people on their sideline uh, once again not having their starting receiver and uh, losing a couple other players for sure here and so definitely a little bit shorthanded I mean at this point all eight Really all seven players uh, would uh, Or at least seven players Would probably have to play both sides of the ball So this is going to be tough regardless Especially against an Ottawa team that Is not only talented but is deep as well But uh, Ottawa you know They weren't without injuries As they were missing Jaslyn Camacho out there I believe she had an ankle injury So she was not available for this game here But you know what Let's go ahead and hop into the action here Ottawa would start with the ball on offense and Madison Carrera looking to bounce back here gets it going very very quickly for this Ottawa offense here as she finds Alyssa Linkis on the first play of the game she takes off for about 20 plus yards on a very nice reception. Right after that, Carrera finds Alyssa Linkus one more time, streaking down the field. Alyssa Linkus making uh, an amazing catch here. Absolutely going all out for it and diving for this catch for about a 30-plus yard reception. Um, This would basically put them in the red zone in two plays here. Carrera to Linkus. And then to end this drive, Madison Carrera basically walks this one in for a touchdown. About a 5 or 10-yard rushing touchdown here. And then on the conversion, she would find uh, Clara Butaway uh, for the conversion, making it a very quick 7 to 0. So there you go. couple big plays goes ahead and gets Ottawa the first lead of this game. Now here comes St. Mary's. Uh, you have Shine Galbraith at quarterback here and she leads a very methodical drive a very good one not as many big plays as ottawa but it still works out here as she does eventually get them into the red zone um because of some of the plays that are made here and so to start out this drive here uh she would go ahead and scramble for the first down and after that she would find Stellius, i want to say on a nice 20 yard post uh reception here After that, you know, she would take a shot to Caroline Simpson up the seam, barely miss out even though she was open and whatnot, not the worst. But on third and seven, Galbraith does find Jerrica Johnson, uh, who almost gets loose for a touchdown, by the way, but instead makes a nice 20-yard reception off a slant route. And that would be enough for a first down and obviously get them in Ottawa territory but Ottawa's defense not just letting them do whatever uh Serquina, Hannah sirquina I want to say goes out and gets a nice sack on Galbraith here uh, to you know stop some of the momentum of this drive but that only slows them down just a little bit, as Jerrica Johnson would make a nice catch, getting a lot of that yardage back, making it fourth and second for USM. And then on fourth down, a uh, Galbraith finds Caroline Simpson, who makes a very tough catch, a very physical catch here, and gets them the first down, putting them in the red zone just like that now right here they're in the red zone Galbraith she sees it's covered too and she takes a shot to Jerica Johnson who's 101 Galbraith throws a perfect ball right in the breadbasket and it is dropped, unfortunately. Very good, though. Uh, Johnson ran a great route, but unfortunately, the ball was dropped. I don't know if she was expecting it or whatever. Maybe she was expecting it a little bit farther away and not as perfectly thrown. But sadly, uh, this is a missed touchdown opportunity, which, you know, would end up mattering later on. Now, on third down here, Galbraith does take another shot into the end zone, but Farron Mouth does come up with a pretty big deflection, making it 4th and goal. Now on fourth down, Galbraith does throw a pretty accurate ball to Stelius. Um, this was a throw on the run, by the way. It was a very tough throw. And Stellius does drop it, unfortunately. And Ottawa takes over, making a nice stand here in the end zone. Now back on offense, you have Madison Carrera. She goes ahead and gets the first down scrambling before throwing it to Addie Orsberg um, on a little check down pass who goes ahead and gets a nice 18-yard gain here after that Carrera she would scramble for another first down putting them in USM territory after a couple quick plays here. Now, once in St. Mary territory here, uh, Carrera would go ahead and throw it to her check down, Mandolin Scalisi, who will then make an excellent pitch to Addie Orsburn, who breaks this one free for about a 30 plus yard receiving touchdown, is what they would call it. After that, uh, Carrera finds Willie for the conversion, making it a quick 14 to 0. Lead Now St. Mary here, they're trying to bounce back, get it going here. And so Cheyenne Galbraith, she does scramble for a first down before the quarter ends, giving them a little bit of momentum going into the second quarter. In the second quarter, Galbraith finds Jerrica Johnson being the go-to receiver early on in this game. Goes ahead and makes a nice catch and makes it third and ten for St. Mary. On 3rd and 10, Galbraith, she finds Caroline Simpson on a nice 15-yard out route. Uh, pretty solid though, a little high, but doesn't matter as Caroline Simpson goes up, gets it, and gets the first down on a nice 15-yard reception here. Uh, and then, this this play didn't matter as much, it was only like a 5 or 6-yard gain, but Jerrica Johnson does make another excellent catch, mossing her defender here um, for a, you know, like I said, a nice short gain, a very strong catch here regardless though but Cheyenne Galbraith would scramble uh, for a first down putting St. Mary uh, in the red zone once again for the second straight offensive drive here now Galbraith she finds Stelius for a nice gain, making it third and short we're talking maybe two or three yards from the red zone or sorry two or three yards from the end zone they are in the red zone but on fourth down Cheyenne Galbraith is sacked uh, Ottawa doing a very good job on defense, stopping them here in the red zone, playing very good red zone defense. Now, back on offense, Carrera finds Scalisi, who gets them into USM territory on this third down. Uh, they would actually have back-to-back third down conversions, and so this would be the second one. But this, uh, this second uh, conversion is the one that put them in Spire territory. Right after that. Carrera finds Bailey Hodgins, who gets her feet inbounds for a nice 20 yard reception. Uh, I thought maybe, maybe she was able to, you know, stay inbounds and then run for a little bit uh, because she was wide open, but uh, she did step out of bounds after, after getting her feet inbounds. So there you go there. Now, to get into the red zone here, Carrera would find Scalise on a nice little dump-off pass, and then on 3rd and 13, uh, here's what happens here. Carrera finds Clara Budaway on a Nice catch first off, but after that, Claire Bodeway making a couple defenders miss, just doing an amazing job at that, and almost gets into the end zone. Uh, dives for it, actually, but is called short on fourth and one. Doesn't matter, though, as Madison Carrera basically sneaks it in, runs it in for an Ottawa touchdown, and then on the conversion, Carrera finds Bodeway one more time on this conversion, making it 21-0 with about a minute 33 left in the first half of this game now at this point saint mary i mean they've been in the end zone two times you know and so that could have been two touchdowns that they could have had and it could have been a one score game right here but going into uh you know this uh, next offensive drive they have about a minute 33 left if they could score here i could imagine that they'd be happy uh with it only being a two score game going into halftime But unfortunately, St. Mary, I mean, they're just out of sync at this point. A couple of very key drops kind of kills this drive here. But the thing that would really hurt them is that basically they would try to punt the ball and the snap goes over the punter's head here. Now, it was pretty windy out there, and so just going to throw that out there. But you know how it goes Uh, In women's flag football you know there's no fumbles here and so it's a spot file so wherever the ball lands that's where the team takes over and so Ottawa actually takes over on the 11 yard line only 11 yards away from the end zone and they would go ahead and convert here Madison Carrera running it in for an easy uh, touchdown here her third rushing touchdown of the game and of this half. They would also get the conversion as well, Carrera finding Kimberly Ibarra, Um, who makes a tough catch, by the way, but gets the conversion, making it 28-0, and that's basically how it is going into half. Uh, Honestly, at this point, it looks like this game is over, but, you know, USM, they show a little bit of life here, as in the first play of the third quarter, Galbraith takes a shot to Jerrica Johnson, who absolutely just scorches the defense here finds a hole in the zone and goes ahead and takes it to the house 64 yards for a touchdown now they barely missed conversion here and so that kind of hurts their momentum a little bit but still though they get on the board making it 28 to 6 here now we have Ottawa, they are on offense here. Carrera does scramble for about 17 yards to start the drive. Then she finds Alyssa Linkus. that would go ahead and get them into USM territory. But here's what happens next. Carrera does try to throw a dump off pass to Addie Orsburn here. Uh, the pass was definitely a little bit high. And so the ball pops up and Jerica Johnson will actually come down with a pretty key interception here. But St. Mary here, you know, not quite getting it together uh, on offense at least. Uh, You could kind of tell there's a little bit of fatigue setting in here. And so after they get the first down shine, Galbraith does throw a pretty bad interception to Abby Brown, who absolutely just jumps the route here. Um, Galbraith was just trying to throw it short, and uh, they were ready for it. And so OU actually gets the ball back. But Ottawa having some offensive struggles of their own. Uh, mostly misfires here on some throw on the runs. Not even like setting and throws. They were definitely throw on the runs. And so some misfires here would ma- basically make them go three and out here. So USM, you know, still they still have some... Chances here to win this game. And so Galbraith finds Ellie Campbell up the middle for a first down. That also gets them into uh, Ottawa territory. Then she zips it on a very nice throw on a slant route to Jerrica Johnson who gets them a first down on a nice 17-yard reception. That would also put them in the red zone for the third time today. But unfortunately, Galbraith does try to throw to her check down again. Abby Brown makes a nice interception, her second interception of this game. And that would basically do it here. As Ottawa's offense would wake back up real quick here. Carrera finds Bodeway for a first down. That would also put them in USM territory. Then after that, she would make a nice throw on the run. In rhythm to a receiver Bailey Hodgins. Who catches a very easy touchdown on a beautiful throw. Um, they would also get the conversion. Carrera would run this one in. Making it 35-6. to unfortunately this game would be over they would put in backups uh, or well St. Mary couldn't but Ottawa would after this uh, put in their backup quarterback and so the final score would be 41 to 12 here you know St. Mary having a lot of opportunities honestly to win this game they did get into the red zone three times and did not score uh, three of those times and so that's kind of a big deal uh, obviously, you cannot have that. Um, I mean, that's that's just missed opportunities. And it wasn't like it was turnovers in the red. Well, it was one turnover in the red zone. But the other two were more just missed opportunities on fourth down here. And so, realistically, this game probably could have been somewhere like 30 to 41. Or uh, a little bit closer in that range. And so, this was a, another very close game here. Uh, this time, St. Mary, I mean, just not being able to you know, capitalize. And obviously, if you're going to beat a team like Ottawa shorthanded, you kind of got to make the best out of those opportunities in the first half uh, before you slow down in the second half. Because uh, fatigue was definitely something that you got to kind of keep in keep in mind, you know. But regardless, Ottawa gets a good dub over a team that challenged them and gets back in the winning column. St. Mary, um, unfortunately, gets their second loss of this week here, uh, only scoring two 12 points in both games, actually, um, regardless against very good opponents. Speaking of good opponents, this next game I'm going to talk about is St. Thomas versus Thomas University. Thomas University on an absolute roll right now, obviously upsetting Ottawa the previous week, doing all that great stuff there. Uh, St. Thomas coming off of a little break here. Last playing March 10th, that was a Thursday, so a couple weeks back against Kaiser University, where they did lose zero. To 19. Um, and so going into this game, you know, St. Thomas, it would be good if they could win this one. Uh, St. Thomas is kind of one of those teams that, you know, we know that they have the talent. We know that they have good coaches. It's just a matter of, you know, having them beat consistently some of these top dogs here, not only in the Sun Conference, but in the country. You know, I think that would, that was the answer that we all wanted to find out here. And then with Thomas, you know, can they keep it going? St. Thomas is. Is not a team that you want to look over um you know this is the team that beat them the only team that beat them this season in overtime if you remember they won uh seven to six getting that extra conversion and saint thomas stopping that extra conversion from happening and so here is what went down here Jada Reese gets a big sack that would go ahead and kill a St. Thomas drive, the first drive of the game here. And so they would go three and out. Uh, Jada Reese, uh, her name's going to come up a lot more here. And then Brittany Delva, she does get the punt and then she basically returns it to the end zone. So that's a pretty good deal there. And on the first play for Thomas here on offense, Shelby Hartley, the quarterback. Fiance, Kieran Knight, taking a shot into the end zone for a pretty good 20-ish yard touchdown reception. And the Thomas lead just like that. Now, St. Thomas, they would stop the conversion, but like I said, Thomas would take the lead for the first time today, going up 6-0. Now, this is a very interesting storyline, probably one to follow here. But it was Julianne Yulkowski, I wanna say, the freshman from St. Thomas here. She was actually the one getting start getting the start at quarterback today, despite Holly Near being healthy um, this game. And I know she was healthy because she would literally go out there and punt the ball. And so obviously, I mean I, I think so if she's healthy enough to go punt and do all that great stuff. She's probably healthy enough to play quarterback. And so, this is a very interesting quarterback change here. Uh, I wouldn't say uh, not unsurprising, but, you know, Holly was the starting quarterback for, you know, basically every game this season except for this one, including the last time they beat Thomas University about a month ago. So, we'll have to see what's up with that here in the future. But for now, Julian Yukowski did get the start at... Quarterback, And so she would get this thing started finding her receiver Miranda Faradiz for a first down on a nice check down. After that she'd make a nice throw to Destiny Francois for about 10 plus yards. But then Jada Reese would go ahead and disrupt this whole drive and get her second sack of the game. And so here we go. We have third down, but Jada Reese comes up big. Again, Julian Yukowski tries to scramble away, but Reese tracks her down, grabs her flag, and basically forces the punt here. And so here we go. We have Thomas back on offense. Shelby Hartley, the, in parentheses, athletic quarterback, finds her star receiver, Brittany Delva, on a quick throw and a first down. After that, though, uh, St. Thomas's Dejanese Paris, DJ Paris, gets a pretty big uh, pass deflection on third down, forcing fourth down here. But no worries here, as Shelby Hartley uh, goes ahead and rushes for the first down and puts them in the red zone. Once in the red zone, Hartley escapes the pass rush on the run, finds Brittany Delva, who makes a highlight reel worthy one-handed catch for about a nice 10-ish yard touchdown reception. Keanu a. Cole would run this one in for the conversion, and so just like that, Thomas takes a 13-to-0 lead. Now. Back on offense, we have St. Thomas and Jada Reese sacks Jokowski again. Uh, I believe the announcer said that was her fourth sack of the game here in the first quarter. Um, And that would actually bring up a fourth down and a punt. And this is actually where I realized that Holly Hollanier was healthy, but was not getting the start because this is what I noticed, that she was punting it. And so there you go. That would happen. And then the second quarter would happen after this. And so here we go. Thomas has the ball. Shelby Hartley finds Dove on the check down, bringing up fourth and inches. Unfortunately, though, a false start on Thomas would push them back. And so they would not go for this one and they would go ahead and decide to punt it back to St. Thomas. And so here we go, we have STU, uh, Julianne Yukowski. She is trying to get something going here. She finds Kaylee Miller, who makes a nice move, and gains St. Thomas a couple of yards here. But then here we go, Jada Reese with her fifth sack of the day on third down, basically forces another St. Thomas Punt Now, Thomas, they're struggling a little bit to move the ball themselves here as Hartley does throw two incompletions to start this drive. Uh, One of those was a throwaway. The other one, she took a shot downfield and she just barely missed it. It was slightly overthrown. And then we have Kiana Acol uh, on the double pass. She finds Margarita Pena, but they are still short. And so they basically are forced to punt it going three in and out. And so here we go. St. Thomas, they're driving. After the two-minute warning, it is third down, and Yukowski does find her check down, who will get the first down um, pretty soon after that two-minute warning. Then she would throw it short to Miller for a couple yards, then Destiny Francois, who makes a very tough catch for 10-plus yards and a first down, and that will put them into Thomas' territory, but... Thomas would end up stopping St. Thomas here and get the ball on offense with about 40 seconds left. And so the move here uh, for Thomas was, yo, we're going to take a couple shots downfield. If we go up by three scores, that is the perfect situation for us. And we're just going to use up the rest of the clock. Uh, You know, they don't need a score that many times. As long as they have a good, firm lead, they're going to run with it. uh, Literally run with it and use up that clock. And so here we go. Hartley does find a receiver downfield for a nice, solid 10-yard reception. After that, she throws a little bit of an ill-advised deep throw down the middle. Luckily, the ball is eventually batted down. She does take another shot deep, but defensive holding is called on St. Thomas. Not, not, not. Uh, pass interference, defensive holding, and so that does give Thomas another shot, and moves them up a little bit here, and so Hartley, she does find um, Margarita Pena, who does get the first down for them, and puts them into the red zone on a nice 10 plus yard reception, and then here we go, you know, we're in the red zone here, they're trying to score, basically put this one away, Hartley does find Jordan Barnanowski, I want to say, who, who first off makes a great catch, and basically reaches out for the end zone, But it's called about a yard short. And so that's when Thomas calls the timeout with about 4 seconds left. They want to go ahead and put together a nice little play here to run and whatnot. And potentially go up by 3 scores. St. Thomas would then call a timeout after that. And then here we go uh, on this play. The last play of the half. Um, They try to pass it here. They have Keanu Aiko out there. But Rayona Baker of St. Thomas makes a very nice deflection here to prevent the score. And so Thomas goes into the half with a 13 to 0 lead. Now, look, I I could go into extra detail uh, for the rest of this game, but honestly not much happened, really. Third quarter, uh, both defenses were playing really well. Offenses just weren't clicking as much. Uh, so just keep that in mind. So going into the fourth quarter, Thomas was leading 13 to 0, but not to be gone just yet, St. Thomas's Miranda Fair does, does intercept a pass and returns it about 40-ish, 50-ish yards to about the 5-yard line, putting St. Thomas in the red zone with the chance to score. But they would not be able to score here, and so you know how it goes. Once Thomas has the lead in the fourth quarter, they basically sanded away, and sanded away they did as they come away with another very close dub here, winning 13-0 over St. Thomas avenging that overtime loss from a month ago and so now there isn't a team that Thomas has played in the country that they have not beat. So just keep that in mind. They've beat every team that they've played so far this season at least once. So there you go. Just something to keep in mind. You know, this really won't affect the power rankings too much, if I'm being completely honest with you. But we'll talk about more of their standing and what this might mean for them in the future uh, when we talk about power rankings. But last game of the week, like I said, pretty short week here. We have FMU versus Weber here. Weber having a very hot start. Well, not a hot start. Having a very bad start to the season. And then having a very Very hot week five where they rip off a couple wins in a row, including a big time drumming of the defending national champs, giving them the worst loss in uh, Ottawa program history. And so, Weber, they're, they're riding high here. And, you know, they want to come into a Florida Memorial and take care of business. If you remember, uh, they did beat Florida Memorial, I want to say, in the first game this season. So, there you go. Florida Memorial. Obviously, they have that win against Midland. Other than that, you know, they've been trying to find their way here. And so, here we go. Weber. On offense, they have a very long and consistent drive, but it does end with Sierra Harris punching in a nice little rushing touchdown for Weber, giving them the lead. Now they don't get the conversion, but they still have the lead, so they're up six. To zero. Now, uh, this was it kind this game started a little slow. Not even gonna lie, that Weber drive took a lot of this first quarter, and so nothing would really happen until the second quarter here. And in the second quarter, FMU they're trying to drive here, you know, get some things going, but this Weber defense does stand strong at about midfield and forces a turnover on downs with great flag pulling, and so they go ahead and take over around mid field now Weber here they're trying to take a couple of shots to put FMU away but they can't connect so they eventually punt it back FMU they get a first down on a nice throw on the run and that uh, marks the first time they cross into Weber territory but unfortunately Florida Memorial does throw a couple incompletions in a row not like I said not the worst reads here I think they were the right reads but they're just inaccurate passes and so this would force them to punt it Back to Weber here. And so here we go. Weber on offense. Trying to get going. Trying to put some distance between them and FMU before halftime. Samantha Wilson, she's at quarterback, throws a nice little swing route to Kayla Burrows, who gains a nice 20 plus yards, 20 plus receiving yards on this reception. That would go ahead and put them into FMU territory. Now once in FMU territory, Wilson hands it off to Sierra Harris, who throws a pretty good ball to, I believe it's Hayden Roop, for a nice touchdown here. They would also get the conversion, making it 13-0, having a two-score lead for Weber here. Now on defense FMU they're trying to get something going it's only a two score lead if they score they're in it you know they're right back in it but Sierra Harris makes a heck of an interception here arguably one of the best defensive plays of the season as she skies and closes that distance pretty quickly uh, between herself and the FMU receiver and goes ahead and contorts her body for an and absolutely insane interception where she does get her feet in bounds and does have control of the ball and so that sets up Weber pretty well here that's probably a play that most players won't make but Sierra Harris is just built a little bit different from most football players out here so she goes ahead and makes it happen here now back on off back on offense here this weber offense samantha wilson on the run finds Breeza robinson who basically makes everything else happen and makes a defender miss and uh well a couple defenders miss i believe for a nice touchdown here sam wilson would also also complete uh the pass on the conversion putting weber up about 20 to 0 right before half now Honestly, this would basically be game here. Weber would end up winning 32-0. to um, Their defense playing very well, shutting down this struggling FMU team here. And then this offense keeping it going, you know. Uh, just a couple of stats I want to throw out here. Hayden Roop for Weber, for Weber had four receptions, 30 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns. Also that 20-yard touchdown run, a 20-yard touchdown run. Uh, Sam Wilson for... Weber, the quarterback, she had, she won 12 of 19 for 118 passing yards, two passing touchdowns, also led the team with 51 rushing yards, which is really interesting here. Then Sierra Harris here, who honestly really shined in this game. She won 3 of 5 for 46 passing yards, one passing touchdown, had a rushing touchdown, and also snagged two interceptions on defense, having a very, very good game day. So there you go. That is all of the games for week five like i said a very short week let's go ahead and talk about power rankings though so our power rankings for this week after uh week six here basically stay the same i'm not even going to cap i mean we're gonna put out a graphic and all that um and it'll be slightly different but Basically here, here is week here's last week's power rankings first off. So let me start with that. So at number one, we had Thomas University, two Kaiser, three Ottawa, four Weber, five Saint Thomas, six Warner, seven Midland, eight, Kansas Wesleyan, nine, yeah, not at nine, we have St. Mary, ten, Cotty, eleven is FMU, twelve is Milligan, and thirteen is Xavier. So there you go. This week, it's basically the same. I'm not even a cold cap. It's basically the same. The only thing we're switching up is that Kansas Wesleyan is going to go ahead and move ahead of Midland. Myself and Cody decided that. They had a pretty good dub against St. Mary. uh, A very convincing one. And so for that, we got to move them ahead here. Midland, they didn't play this week. But, you know, Kansas Wesleyan did get a pretty quality win. You know, a pretty dominant win. I do say so myself over a solid St. Mary team Uh, yeah Kansas Wesleyan they beat them 34 to 12 and so that's enough to put them ahead of Midland Other than that, pretty much everything stays the same here. Thomas, I mean, they didn't get upset by St. Thomas. They actually avenged that dub, and so that's pretty big time for them, honestly. I mean, that kind of solidifies their number one spot here. They've beaten all the teams that have challenged them that they've played, you know, so far this season. I think the biggest thing for Thomas is can they maintain it? You know, this, they're not in the national championship yet. They haven't won the national championship yet. Uh, I think that's important for them to n- understand. And I think they do understand that they haven't won anything yet other than a couple regular season games, which ultimately are just regular season games. Kaiser, they beat Ottawa, you know, in the regular season, but that obviously didn't stop them from losing to them in the national championship. And so you just got to keep that in mind. You know, it's going to be a long season here. Uh, Kaiser... Is gonna get another shot at Thomas eventually. So you gotta keep that in mind. And then you know if everything goes to plan in nationals, Thomas is probably gonna get another shot at Ottawa, whether it's in the semis or in the finals. So you kind of just gotta keep that in mind. And so for Thomas, you gotta stay hungry. You're still a first-year program as well. Um proven though, you know, you have talent, obviously, but We're gonna have to see, you know, if they could maintain this heat streak they're on. At number two, we have Kaiser. I, they have not played this last week or the week before. Uh, so they're, they're still here. They're right here at number two. At three, we have Ottawa. Uh, did get a pretty good dub over St. Mary. I mean, you know, USM, they did have a couple blown opportunities here and there. Like I said, I'm not going to say it's a game that St. Mary should have won. Ottawa definitely took care of business at home. So you love to see that. They are bounced back. But I wouldn't say that dub is enough to move them past Kaiser or Thomas, yet here at four, we have Weber. I mean, if they obviously, if they lost the Florida Memorial, they would drop back here. And you know, even at the beginning of the season, where there are some early struggles with turnovers and whatnot, they didn't lose the Florida Memorial, and so they stay here at four. At five, we have St. Thomas. I mean, they lost to the number one team. Uh, Warner did not play this week. And so, and Warner's right at six. So, St. Thomas stays here at five. Uh, Warner stays there at six. Like I said, they, I mean, they didn't play this week. Um, So, there you go. At seven, like I said, Kansas Wesleyan. Then, right after that, you have Midland. Uh, At nine, we have St. Mary. And then 10, Cotty. 11, Florida Memorial. 12, Milligan and 13, Xavier. Like I said, most of these teams didn't play here. I mean, Florida Memorial played, but obviously they didn't beat Weber. And so power rankings basically stay the same this week. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll keep this one short, to be honest with you. It stays the same this week. So there you go. Next week, though, things might change up just a little bit. So let me actually go ahead and preview week seven right now. So week seven, uh, there are definitely a good amount of games here. You know, no games on Friday. We only actually have two games or games on only two days in this week seven here. And so March 26th, uh, we have three games here. We have Ottawa versus Midland uh, at 4.30 Central Time. Ottawa versus Kansas Wesleyan at 7 uh, p.m. Central Time. Then I believe Midland and Kansas Wesleyan play each other. It says 4 p.m. Central Time, but that's obviously not right because that's uh, really close to when Ottawa and Midland plays. But those three games will probably be going on on March 26th here. I think Ottawa, I'm just going to say this, Ottawa is probably favored to beat both Midland and Kansas Wesleyan here. I mean, if Kansas Wesleyan was to come out with a little bit of a surprise and upset Ottawa, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm just going to throw that out there. This would be the second time they're playing them. But we'll see. You know, Ottawa, they're feeling themselves after beating St. Mary pretty well here. So there you go. I think the most interesting game, if it does happen, is Midland versus Kansas Wesleyan. Uh, Kansas Wesleyan is definitely second in the KCAC. Midland, you know, they've been kind of up and down here. Uh, but I think this will be a good opportunity to see how this squad solidifies moving forward so there you go and then March 31st we have a whole ton of games oh my lord that's gonna happen on Thursday so basically we're gonna do all of our recording Thursday night March 31st of next week uh when we do this episode so just keep that in mind so if this Um, next recap episode comes out late. It's going to be because of that. But we have a ton of games here. St. Thomas versus Warner. uh, That's at 3 p.m. Central Time. We have also St. Mary versus Cotty uh, at 3 p.m. Central Time. So those will be going on at the same time. After that, on the East Coast here, we have... FMU Florida Memorial versus Kaiser at 5 p.m. Central Time and then at the same time you have Midland versus St. Mary at 5 p.m. Central Time and then after that at 7 p.m. Central Time we have Midland versus Cotty and so um, this will probably be Pretty important for the KCAC. Really interesting to see how Midland stacks up against USM. Um, how USM stacks up against them. And then Cody in here as well. I mean, we're going to talk about some future Cody commits. But this is a team that's continuing to gel, you know. Wouldn't be surprised if they pick up a second win here right before the regular season ends. It just, um, we'll just see again who. You know, I think that'll be the big thing. But they are coming off a win or a... Uh, yeah, they are coming off of a win against Milligan, so just keep that in mind. Now, on the East Coast here, obviously, the interesting game here is St. Thomas versus Warner. Warner kind of slipping just a little bit here on the back end of uh, on the second half of their season, really. You know, obviously, they lost to Ottawa. They were in it. They had chances to win, but unfortunately, they came short here. Now they're playing St. Thomas, a St. Thomas team that did only lose by two scores, giving credit to them, to Thomas University, the current number one team. And so this will be a very interesting game to see where they're both at. Uh, also another storyline to follow, will Julian Yolkowski be the starting quarterback for St. Thomas moving forward? That is going to be really interesting to see uh, what goes on there, some so there you go. Those are all of the week seven games, you know, nothing too crazy uh, Thomas They won't be playing this week uh, Kaiser they will be playing but they'll be playing Florida Memorial this week and so we'll kind of see how this week ends up There's gonna definitely be a lot more movement Potentially a lot more movement in our power rankings after week seven compared to well compared to week six So there you go now before we move on from week six I do want to talk about Playmaker of the Week here because, you know, there weren't many games. You gotta, <laughs> I mean, you gotta remember that. And so, you know, that doesn't mean there weren't like a shortage of Playmakers because there was definitely a good amount. First one I w- want to talk about is from, from Kansas Wesleyan here. And that is Angel Roman game versus St. Mary here. I mean, she went crazy. She had 60 receiving yards along with two interceptions and three receiving touchdowns, having a very big um just a very big impact this week. Also caught a uh, conversion as well here. I mean, Angel Roman did it all for this Kansas Wesleyan team. I mean, there were definitely a couple, well, not definitely. I mean, there were multiple game-changing plays that she made that helped Kansas Wesleyan kind of secure this one late in in the game here and so gotta give her a lot of props she did her thing as well now in this ottawa versus saint mary game i mean look madison carrera she has been on an absolute roll. Now she did. You know. Lose two games. Uh, before. But other than that. She's been killing it. Game. By game. And this was no exception. As in this game. Against St. Mary here. Back at home. She ran for a hundred. Or sorry. She rushed. For 76 rushing yards. And three rushing touchdowns. She also went. 18 of 28. For 228 passing yards. And two touchdowns. As they go ahead. And take care. Of St. Mary here. Um. Pretty easily in this matchup. So there you go. Now St. Thomas versus Thomas. I don't have all the stats quite yet. Because this game didn't end. I mean it just ended kind of soon here. But I'm just going to be real. I'm going to go ahead and probably give it to Jada Reese here. Who might have broken the sack record in a game and this might be a national record, by the way, but she might have broken the women's flag football sack record in a game here as at halftime, she had five sacks, uh, at least. So there you go. So that's Jada Reese. Uh, I... I mean, look, that's an obvious one. I mean, she's been big time for this Thomas defense here, but I think she definitely showed her dominance, especially in this first half here and kind of got St. Thomas tripping up a little bit here uh, and didn't give them many opportunities to get going. So so there you go. I think that's... Uh, you know, that's a pretty obvious one. And then Weber, they did beat FMU. And so for this Weber game, I'm going to go ahead and say that Sierra Harris um, is uh, in consideration for Playmaker of the Week. As she did go 3-5 for 46 passing yards, one passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and then also snagged two interceptions as they beat down uh, Florida Memorial 32-0. to Now, look, I think... I I went back and forth here, but I think I'm going to have to give it to Angel Roman of Kansas Wesleyan. I mean, she just did her thing on offense, on defense. I mean, she came up with big plays when they needed it. And this was a relatively close game before she popped off here uh, at very key and vital times throughout this game. So there you go. Angel Roman for Kansas Wesleyan is your Week 6 Playmaker of the Week with... 60 receiving yards, two two interceptions, and then three receiving touchdowns in an excellent game by her. So there you go. There, that is your Playmaker of the Week. All right, now speaking of awards here... I want to talk about our end-of-the-year awards. Last week, I said I'd have a list of candidates here. And, you know, this list here is going to be more of a watch list. So, every recap episode, I'm going to talk about some of the players on our watch list that popped off and whatnot. And uh, players to look out for and whatnot. And so... um, the hope is by the end of this regular season, we haven't decided whether we're gonna go past, uh, you know, conference championships and national and nationals quite yet. Here, we'll make that decision soon. Here, but regardless, we're gonna do end of the year awards for this. 2022 women's flag football season now we're not associated with the nai so i'm just gonna say that right now these are gonna be more like awards from the media from the podcast here and so we have a couple categories here we have mvp most valuable playmaker Look, that goes without saying, you know, this is a player that contributes a lot to their team and contributes a lot to them winning, so there you go. Then we have Offensive Playmaker of the Year. This goes to the best offensive player in the country regardless of conference. Defensive Playmaker of the Year, uh, same deal but on defense. And then we have Freshman of the Year. Um, This just goes to the best freshman player. Football player in the country, and so I'm gonna also throw this out there as well. If one player is nominated for one of these categories, they can't be nominated for the other one. So you're not gonna see repeat names for MVP and OPOY and DPOY and a uh, Freshman of the Year. You're just not. You're gonna see one name per. Category. That's how that's going to work because we want to put on as many great football players as possible from this last season because it's been a special one. And so let me go ahead and hop into this and talk about the players that we have on our radars for each thing. And by the way, if you the fans feel like there's a player that we are missing... Go ahead and DM us. Send us her name. You know, send us her stats if you have it. And, you know, obviously an argument for why she should be in consideration here. So let's go ahead and we're actually going to start with Freshman of the Year. We have a number of candidates here. Like I said, we don't have everyone's stats. Hopefully, we're looking to collect more of those uh, as the season goes on and whatnot. Eventually, you know, before ourselves vote and before you, the fans, vote because you, the fans, will also have... a say and who wins some of these you know we're gonna have some of those stats and arguments available so that we can vote on these players Um, so there you go now It's past midseason, so just keep that in mind. We'll eventually narrow this down to a Final Four, and then that's how we're going to do the fan vote and how we're going to vote and coaches and all that stuff, which we'll figure out and announce how we'll do that later. But for now, here's what we got. So Freshman of the Year, we have Angel Roman from Kansas Wesleyan. We have Samantha Wilson from Weber International. We have Adriana Cavalotti from Kaiser University. We have Caroline Simpson from St. Mary. We have Madison Tingen from Warner. And then we have Ottawa's Addison Orsburn. So there you go there. Uh, those are our freshman of the year candidates for now. Those are players to look out for. So if you go to games, you know, look out for these players doing their thing here. And uh, you know, look out for them to continue to do it as the season Ends for depoy. Uh, we have Jada Wilson from Kansas Wesleyan. We have uh Weber linebacker Breeza Robinson. We have St. Thomas DB to Shumba, Washington. We have St. Mary DB Ashlyn Tuss. And then we have Thomas rusher uh Jada Reese. So there you go, those are our depoy candidates. Like I said, we're open to adding more people to this list. Just know that we are gonna eventually, as you know. podcast uh, get it down to a final four as the end of the season approaches so there you go there now for offensive playmaker of the year we have a a number of people here we have a Brianna Hernandez Silva quarterback for Kansas Wesleyan we have Kaiser receiver Kennedy Foster Ottawa's wide receiver, Alyssa Linkus. Uh, Weber's, Sierra Harris. She's both a quarterback, running back, receiver, all that stuff. She does it all, so there you go. We have St. Thomas wide receiver, Tyler Bryant. And for now, that's it. Like I said, we're open to suggestions. Go ahead and send them in and, uh, you know, we'll put them on the watch list and uh, they'll be in consideration here. Now for most valuable playmaker, we have a lot of players here. Uh, This is going to be a tough one regardless, but we have Ottawa's quarterback, Madison Carrera here. We have Warner's just athlete Cynthia Holmes here. Uh, we have Jasmine Roden, the quarterback for Kaiser. We have Kayla Burrows, uh, another athlete for Weber here. And then we have Brittany Delva, the wide receiver slash linebacker for Thomas University. So, there you go there. Like I said, you know, open to suggestions. Coaches, feel free to DM us. Uh, we have DM'd a couple of you coaches. We are, we've been a little busy this week. I'm not even going to cap. And so, we're going to reach out to you If we haven't yet. And so that way you could give us names to look at. And keep in mind as the season goes on. And then you the fans. If you have anybody that you feel like should be in consideration. Go ahead and send that in. Just keep in mind. You know. For each player here, you know they can only potentially win one award. So we can't have an MVP also being our depoy or our freshman of the year also being our opoy or depoy. You know, one player wins one award. We want to make sure we put on as many players as possible. And also, I'm just going to put this out there as well. It's probably a good time to say that we here on the podcast will probably make an all playmaker list. Uh, I mean, look, our name is Playmakers Corner, so don't blame us for using the word playmaker so much but this all playmaker list will kind of be like an all-american list but you know our opinions and so we're gonna select quarterback uh running back receivers obviously uh, um then db's linebackers uh, save all that great stuff we're gonna do all that rushers uh we're gonna do all of that whenever um you know as, as part of our end of the year awards. And so we're keeping that in mind. So obviously, if a player doesn't win OPOY or DPOY, they probably have a good chance at making our all playmaker list. So just going to throw that out there. But we're going to make it a big deal at the end of the year, potentially maybe even a live stream. We might vote on whether, um, well, we might let y'all vote and decide on whether y'all want that end of the year award show to be a live stream or not. I think personally a live stream would be lit but um yeah you know that's that's just me you know i'm just saying so so there you go that is our end of the year award rundown we'll do that every week you know uh with more updates and whatnot and uh all that great stuff moving forward all right so right here we are gonna spotlight two high school football players here Uh, these two are committed to the same college. They're both committed to Cotty College here. And, uh, you know, they're both very good players. Now, last week I said we did want to spotlight some players and do a couple film breakdowns, some quick film breakdowns here. And so that's what we're going to do here. Both of these players are from the state side of the country. They're from the East Coast here. And they both actually play for the Staten Island Giants Flag football team. Now, for those of you who don't know about the Staten Island Giants, aka SIG uh, they're one of the best in the country obviously I mean in the country you have a couple powerhouse travel teams you have uh, SIG the Staten Island Giants those are like East Coast players mostly you know that Northeast Coast uh, Staten Island New York right and then you have Texas Fury that's a very very good uh, team from down in Texas they've been on ESPN they played at the Pro Bowl all that great stuff if you followed you know flag football you, you You probably have heard of them a little bit here. And then you have Apex Predators there. That Nevada team, Uh, you know, they they represent, you know, obviously players from over there in Nevada. I think maybe a little bit of Arizona, but Arizona might also have their own squads as well. Regardless, though, this team is one of the premier flag football teams in the country. Uh, For the most part, they do run 5v5s. So, I'm just going to say that right now. Um, But, you know, they have competed in 7-on-7 tournaments. At least, I believe they have. And so, let's go ahead and hop into this. Let's start with the quarterback, Jenna Marrero here. Now, she plays for the Staten Island Giants, plays quarterback and receiver. I believe she is getting recruited as a quarterback, though. Uh, She did make the USA national team. uh, Well, their juniors team here, that 17U squad that will be competing internationally here and so you know congrats to her obviously and she is listed as a quarterback so that's kind of what we're gonna go ahead and go with here also does play for uh, her high school team tottenville that's where she's from and that's where this other player is from as well and so um i'm just gonna Talk about my process here real quick So I actually got to see her play live In Indiana by the Colts facility Uh, I believe It was the It was the one tournament Uh, And I want to say also As well there were trials To make that Team USA team As well earlier uh, That week and so I was at both And so I got to see her play there So I'm going off my evaluation there And you know some of the clips that I've Seen uh, on her social media media spread out and all that great stuff. And so let's talk about strengths in her game. So number one, arm talent. Uh, Just in general, I mean, she has a strong arm. She has shown that she could zip it into pretty uh, tight spots, but also, you know, it's not just a strong arm. I think plenty of quarterbacks have strong arms. She also knows when to throw it with touch, knows when to zip it, knows when to put it on a line. I mean, she could make a lot of throws, right? She could make almost all the throws, arguably, I would say, Uh, despite being more of a, you know, receiver converting, over to quarterback which is very impressive you know uh this is very good to see here I mean she's she's very talented obviously when throwing the football for a reason um and she has shown that she could throw a variety of routes I think some quarterbacks you know they are more dink and dunk types other quarterbacks aboard vertical vertical types, uh, but, you know, each of these quarterbacks are maybe lacking in one way or another, like uh, vertical type of quarterbacks, you know, they don't have great timing, dink and dunk quarterbacks. They don't have the greatest arms, and so that's why they're sh- throwing all these short passes with good timing. And so, uh, with Marrero here, I mean, she throws with pretty good timing most of the time, I would say. And, I mean, she has a strong enough arm uh, to not only, you know, zip it into tight spots, like sidearm it into some tight spots here between zones, but also, you know, make somebody pay if she sees a receiver in 101. And so, the arm talent is definitely there. You know, Cody College, they are getting a heck of a quarterback here that could definitely it and it's never a bad thing to have a couple good quarterbacks on your roster. Uh, so, there you go. Another thing I really like about her game is that she also knows when to throw jump balls and when to put it on a line. This is more so decision making than anything. I think some quarterbacks may not have that sense, you know, they'll try to fit it in uh, like in a very like tight spot trying to just throw it up there loft it up there and they don't quite know you know what kind of throw they got to make here uh with Marrero I think maybe part of it is because she did play a little bit of receiver she does understand you know hey I gotta put a little bit less on this or I gotta kind of aim a little bit higher on this you know and so it's it's something that I've definitely noticed and I like a lot. Uh, Another thing I like about her game, she makes quick decisions. Now, she does play uh, mostly 5v5. A lot of her film was 5v5. When I saw her live, I believe it was 5v5. And, you know, that game is just a lot quicker than Sevens, honestly. Plus, there's a shorter field, and so, you know, you kind of just have to make, you know, faster decisions here or you're going to run out of a real estate. And so, that's what she does. I love that. I mean, look, to play quarterback on the next level, you got to be able to make fast decisions. And so, she's shown that she can do that in an environment that is relatively faster than, you know, your traditional seven-on-seven. So, love to see that. And then, last but not least, footwork-wise, I love. Of what i see uh you could tell that she was a receiver at some point because she does have pretty smooth footwork um it makes her pretty elusive like honestly just watching her maneuver around uh pass rushers and all that great stuff and still get the ball off is is great it's beautiful i mean she has a very very good footwork and so gotta give her a lot of props for that now You know, some errors of improvement, some things that I'm probably a little bit more concerned about uh, going on to the next level. Uh, A lot of her film that I did see, like you said, is playing fives. And so this is probably my biggest, I guess, like worry or concern here, if any. But I do wonder how she will adjust playing sevens. Uh, Because obviously I love that, you know, she's a quick decision maker. She's decisive. She can make a bunch of different throws in tight spots. But also, you know, playing traditional sevens, uh, you don't want to rush certain plays. There are some plays that you gotta see through, uh, and you know, if they don't develop fast enough, then you gotta go. And so I could imagine there's going to be some sort of adjustment period here. I don't know if she's going to click right away like she usually does in fives. And I think that's a natural concern. Um, And she shouldn't get frustrated if it's not clicking right away. I think that's just something that you kind of got to accept and continue to learn and improve on uh, game by game, rep by rep. So, you know, there you go. Now, it's not like she hasn't played 7s at all. It seems like she did at least play in a in a tournament that required 7-on-7 seven seven, uh, earlier this year. So, she has that experience, I'm sure. She probably has other experience playing 7-on-7 seven seven football as well. And so, it's not like... You know, she's just going into college having never played sevens. And so as a quarterback, that's obviously going to be a big deal because it's going to affect how you read the field and all that as well as, you know, timing of plays like I just said. So so there you go. I think that's probably my biggest concern here because uh, I feel like other than that, she's a pretty complete player. Um, a couple other things that I, I want to see her maybe improve on. Agility-wise, I want to see how that translates to the next level. I think she could get a little bit faster, um, you know, between the marks and whatnot. Uh, Could definitely be a little bit more elusive here. I think she has excellent footwork for sure here. But I think she could be a little bit faster when escaping the pocket and whatnot. She's going to have more room to work with regardless. And so... You know, as a quarterback, you know, make use of the room, right? If you can make the throws downfield, which I believe she can, throwing on the run and setting and throwing, then you gotta you utilize you know the room that's available to you. And so, I'd like to see her continue to work on that agility. She doesn't have to have like blazing speed, but if she could be in and out real quick, make a couple defenders miss on the next level, who are arguably better athletes than maybe some of the athletes you have faced so far, then. You know, uh, that'll that'll say a lot. That'll help her out a lot. I think that'll kind of help her game translate a little bit better uh, playing on, here on this next level. Then, last but not least, I think this is more of a nitpicky thing than anything but timing. Usually, she has great timing with her throws. But there are definitely some throws, especially on some of these shorter ones that are a little out of sync, especially when she's on the run here. And so uh, I think that's going to be more of a chemistry thing than anything when she gets over to Cotty College and is working with her receivers. And so, you know, just be intentional working on timing, right? Uh, Make sure you're you're on the same page with your receivers and whatnot when you get out there, because I think that's going to be a pretty big deal. Altogether, though, Jenna Morero, I think she's an excellent quarterback, a very good prospect uh, that Cody College uh, got to commit uh, to them and whatnot, because she did have a number of offers elsewhere. Uh, she got offered by Midland, St. Mary, Ottawa. Uh, Cody obviously Kansas Wesleyan and Kaiser and so obviously if that many colleges are trying to get you that means you gotta be some sort of talented and she did make this Nationals team for a reason and so she is one of the top tier quarterbacks here in this class here and so with that being said I do want to talk a little bit out outlook here uh look I don't know how soon she's gonna start I know Emily Kane is out there as well she was uh, a fellow East coast prospect to come over to Coddy College and so it's definitely going to be a competition between the two of them Kane obviously having played sevens a little bit longer um learning this playbook going through the season already and so she's going to have that experience on her side and so that's definitely going to be you know something to consider in this quarterback battle but I'm just going to float this out there as well because it is flag football and sevens. You know, some teams do roll out two quarterbacks. You know, one of them is usually more a little bit more athletic, like they could go line up at receiver or running back or whatever and do their thing there. But, you know, there's definitely situations where you roll out two quarterbacks and you have one get the ball, you know, Basically, bait in all the pass rushers, then dump it off to the other quarterback, and then that quarterback completes a pass to the receiver, or throw it back to the quarterback, and it just goes back and forth. That is a very normal thing, I feel like, in um, well, in women's flag football. You see Kaiser do it quite a bit with Jasmine Roden and Haley Young. You see that, and it's pretty effective there. Uh, Thomas University has shown flashes of that as well. They'll have Shelby Hartley out there and Janae Scott. Ottawa has experimented with this just a little bit here uh between Carrera and I think Clara Butaway because Butaway was a quarterback before she turned to more of a utility type of player there and so that's a very normal thing and so I could definitely see a scenario where they keep Kane out there and they have you know Marrero out there as well because Marrero does have receiver experience so it's not like you know she can't play any other position as well and so it'll be really interesting to see what Cotty goes with regardless it's never a bad thing to continue to stack your roster with good talent now let me talk about her teammate here uh not only is she her teammate on SIG but she also goes to Tottenville as well and she will be going to Cotty College as well as they committed to Cotty together so that's gonna be really interesting and so that's a Victoria Rosas here um Look, she plays receiver, she plays DB, safety, I mean, she's a very, very talented athlete, the kind of athlete that you kind of need out there to bolster anybody's roster, and, you know, will be a key starter, both probably on offense and defense, I would imagine here, and so she does it all. Uh, Look, the accolades are here as well. Like I said, I mean, she she also made that U.S. national team, that 17U team, with her quarterback. And I also got to see her play live and see her do her thing. And so, let me go ahead and hop into this film breakdown of Victoria Rosas here. And so, strength-wise, you know, I think her number one strength and probably... The biggest part of her brand of football is just her strong hands and great ball skills. The number of times she makes concentration catches that are like tipped balls or they're jump balls or they're diving catches like she she makes a lot of these and they are amazing. Like, just go ahead and look at her profile here uh, on Instagram. And, man, she does have a lot of very electrifying um, highlights here. And, honestly, she has probably made almost every catch there could be in the book here. Um, And she's just reliable. I mean, that's what you want out of uh, your receiver. She'll go up and get it. She'll, you know, dive for it. She'll extend for it. She'll do it all. And, uh, I mean, look. Look at her Hail Mary catch here. Uh, Look at some of these diving catches catches she's going to be a reliable target for this Cottey squad regardless there's a good chance that she could potentially be wide receiver one honestly uh she'll have to compete and work for it but there's a chance that she could get some uh, you know, good looks out here next season as a freshman. So I'm just going to say that. She's a huge pickup for this team. And she's going to help solidify this offense. Then also on defense, you see her make a couple really good plays. Uh, mostly high point type of catches here, which you absolutely love to see. And so there you go. Number one, strong hands, great ball skills. That is part of her game. That's who she is as a football player. If you're going to throw it her way, she's going to come down with it. Simple as that, you know. So, there you go. Uh, second thing I really like is her body control. I think she has a very good body control. I'm mean, just watching some of these catches. There's no way that she's able to make some of these without walking in and contorting her body to... geez, Just getting in a position to make these and then still getting a foot or two inbounds. Especially in 5v5 where the fields are smaller. Um, the plays happen faster. I mean... She's making some of these catches, especially some of these sideline catches consistently here and making it look real easy. And so that's a big plus uh, in her game. And then on top of that, the last strength I want to talk about. Uh, is just her ability to play both ways. She plays offense and defense. She has shown that she's a capable defender as well. Um, in her seventh tournament film, she played safety, racked up some interceptions. You like to see that. Obviously, she's reading the field well, and so that's a good, you know, that's a good sign for the future here. Um, especially was just watching her on defense doing her thing. That's a very good sign for the future here. And so not only is she a very good offensive player, but she's somebody that. you're could throw in at defense as well and she'll make some big plays over there if they throw it her way so um so there you go now some concerns areas of improvements on the next level uh like I said concerned about her playing fives more so than sevens but this time definitely more from a defensive standpoint I think at receiver she's gonna be fine I think that game's gonna translate just well not really worried about that But if she is playing defense, especially safety, there's going to be a little bit more to focus on in sevens. You're going to have different concepts here. Uh, You know, the, the play clock, I guess the mental play clock is not going to be as quick. As it is in fives, you know, some plays are going to develop a little bit more. And so she's going to have to learn to hang in there and really read some of these offenses here that are going to be running different concepts. And so there's going to be a learning curve here for sure, Uh, especially if they go play some of these Florida teams. You know, a lot of these uh, athletes on those Florida teams, they've played sevens basically since they were in elementary school, middle school. And so it's like second nature to them. And so there's some in and outs that they'll naturally know better than, uh, Victoria here just because of that experience. And so she just has to be prepared for that. Nothing, you know, nothing a little film work can't fix and whatnot. So I'm sure she'll uh, eventually get that figured out here. And then... This is definitely more so of a minor concern, but I'm definitely a little concerned about her yards after the catch. It's not bad. Uh, She could get out there, you know, she could be a little elusive and whatnot at times. But I'd like to continue to see her work on her explosiveness, her acceleration. Sevens, you know, you'll see a bigger field. So, you know, there's going to be a little bit more room here and I'd like to see her utilize that room. I think... Uh, If I have to, I guess, categorize her as a receiver, I would probably see her as more of a, you know, strong red zone uh, receiver type, you know, if you need a big catch. She might be more of that possession receiver type type. In, in a way where, you know, she's going to run a route and the quarterback's going to throw it to her and she's going to come down with the catch. May not get more yards after that, but she's going to come down with the catch. And so she's somebody that could be more of a big play ability type. Uh, somebody you could put on the outside here, but maybe not necessarily put in the slot or rely on for, you know, yards after the catch here. You kind of just got to ask her to run a longer route and she'll get that done. And so... Like I said, I don't think she's horrible. She has shown some pretty solid agility and whatnot. But I think uh, on this next level, I mean, you're going to have a lot of great athletes. You're going to have experienced athletes. I think that's the biggest thing as well. You know, it never hurts to continue to put in that work to, you know, get that edge, right? Be a little bit more explosive here. And I think she has a little bit more juice in the tank that she could tap into. And so, so we'll see about that. Now, Victoria here, obviously, she is extremely talented. She racked up a ton of offers here before committing to Cotty. Uh, Got an offer from Warner. Got an offer from Heston. Offered by Kansas Wesleyan. Like I said, obviously offered by uh, Cotty College as well. Got offered by Fort Scott Community College as well. And I think that was actually her first offer. And so she racked up a a couple offers obviously she's pretty good here but you know going to Cody College with her quarterback i think there's definitely a lot of hidden value there maybe not hidden value but you know some chemistry value i would say as she does have very good chemistry with Marrero here you know there are a couple plays where you know they're purely chemistry plays right they're just on the same page and they make a great play uh, both of them you know at the same time usually and so uh, that's kind of what you like to see here we'll see how that translates to the next level. But regardless, Cotty, they're getting two very good players here who are going to contribute a lot to their team, um, both on offense and defense. But I would say especially offense here. As, you know, defensively, they've shown a lot of flashes. They've shown that they can lock up and stop opposing offenses. And really, it just comes down to their offense maybe not always getting the job done. Part of that is definitely chemistry. I mean, you know, some of these players haven't played with each other for as long as other teams have. And uh, part of that, you know, is just some details maybe not being noticed as much. But you bring in these two players. They've played with each other for a very long time here. Played for multiple teams together. uh, Including, you know, SIG, Tottenville. This team, USA team as well. Now, Cotty. They're going to have plenty of chemistry. And I could see them as, you know, players that could help start gel gelling this roster together here you know giving them a little bit more of an identity on offense potentially but we will see outlook-wise. Um, look, I kind of expect her to be a starter on the next level. But, you know, everyone has to earn it, right? Everyone has to compete. And so we will see what happens. Regardless, like I said, they're getting great football player. Uh, especially in Victoria here. You can play offense and defense. And so I wouldn't be surprised if, if she started on either side of the ball come uh, 2023. All right, so... There you go. Like I said, you know, we wanted to spotlight more high school women's flag football players and whatnot. These two, I would say, in the flag football community are probably well known. You know, like I said, they both made the Team USA national team. So it's not like, oh, who are these people? (laughs) Right. Right. And then also they're both committed to college, playing college football at the next level. So that's the most important thing, obviously there and so I just want to say on behalf of the playmakers corner congrats you know um congrats on committing to Cotty College we know coach Matt over there uh, the whole staff they're gonna be great Uh, our homegirl Kenzie Murdoch is out there as well captain of that squad if we do say so ourselves and so that Cotty College team is gonna be really fun to watch next year as they continue to grow so I just wanted to give them a big shout out here On future episodes, you know, if there is kind of a lighter, I guess, game schedule in some weeks, we're gonna do this. We're gonna go ahead and spotlight some of these high school players and break down their film. We're gonna talk about what makes them great. And then we're gonna talk about some things they could work on, you know, because that's what this game is. It's about growth. It's about getting better. And you can't do that if... You know, we don't acknowledge some of the things that some of these players need to do to reach that next level and continue to find success. And so we're a big believer in that, a big believer in educating and helping out whenever possible. So there you go. And with that, that'll wrap up this episode of the Playmakers Corner Podcast. Thank you so much for rocking with us. We really appreciate those who support us, who continue to interact with us on Twitter and whatnot. You know, we're really happy to be able to cover women's flag football. Um, This is something we've wanted to do for a minute now. And so for us to do this and cover, you know, college women's flag football is huge for us. We absolutely all have fun Doing it, And I'm saying we because it's not just me watching the games and evaluating Cody, even though he is not recording these because he's also manning the other part of our podcast is also involved and has his opinions and whatnot. And, you know, we'll 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 get to those opinions, you know, (laughs) uh, at the end of the year or whenever he gets to do a recap episode. And so so there you go. That's why I'm saying we. But anyways, thank you so much for rocking with us. If you want to continue to support us, uh, go ahead and give us a follow and uh, subscribe, you know, on our social medias. That's Facebook, it's Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at Playmakers Corner. And then, like I said, I said subscribe. So, you know, our YouTube channel and our Uh, Twitch account, you know, we do be live streaming. (laughs) We do be live streaming. We're live streaming on Tuesdays, uh, breaking down film and whatnot. So just in case, you know, and I'm sure there's people out there that think this, just in case you don't think we know our football, tune into a Tuesday live stream, you know, see what's up because we do hopefully know some football here and we try to help kids get better and we try to put kids on and uh get their film out there and give them the recognition they deserve because there are plenty of athletes that that do not honestly and so so um so yeah um but like i said thank you so much for rocking with us we appreciate y'all and hey watch some women's flag football this uh You know, this this next week here, a little bit on Saturday afternoon. And on Thursday, basically all afternoon, it's going to be jam-packed. You know, we'll have a ton of games to talk about uh, on next week's recap. So, uh, so yeah, we'll catch you all later.